Have you ordered your 2021 chicks, ducklings, and goslings? If you haven't, there's still time to head over to mypetchicken.com slash drinkandfarm to select your future flock stars for a time frame that works best for you. My Pet Chicken can truly be your one-stop shop for all of your poultry needs. Not only do they carry day-old chicks, ducks, and goslings, they also sell many of the products you'll need to be a successful chicken keeper or duck keeper or gosling (laughs) keeper or whatever your poultry desires are. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) My Pet Chicken does have poultry close to year-round, but you want to act now to get the combinations you've been dreaming of. So go to mypetchicken.com slash drinkandfarm to let them know we sent you. Welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. This is the farm comedy podcast that is an adult happy hour for the farming community. We drink adult beverages, talk about the ups and downs of farming things, and give zero fucks about not having the perfect farm life. We keep it real with you and share the mistakes we've made and what we've learned so you can feel less alone in this farm thing. We drink things, we farm things. Oh, hey there, Sam. Oh, hey there, Bev. What you drinking today? I am drinking a 50 West Peel Out. (laughs) Like P-E-E-L? Peel? Like (laughs) orange peel? peel? (laughs) Like banana peel. Ooh. Yeah, it's a banana cream pie Hefeweizen. And it's so good. <laughs> it does sound good. I think I saw, I'm, this is going to sound so creepy. I saw that your husband commented on a 50 West Post this morning. <laughs> <laughs> that they're like officially in their Chillicothe brewery and brewed their first batch or something like that. Yep. So cheers to them. That's amazing. It is. It's really exciting. And fun fact, uh, the head brewer over at the Chillicothe location for 50 West is a female brewer. So cheers to her. Yeah, go girl. Yeah, it's really exciting. And this beer is really fun. When we picked it up, we actually got it from their drive-thru. They have a drive-thru there. Amazing. (laughs) So we were at a track meet and I opened up Facebook and I was like... (gasps) 50 West has a banana cream pie Hefeweizen. We have to go get some. And Jared's like, well, but we need to like go get real dinner and stuff too. I was like, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to drive through the drive through of 50 West and just tell them we want a four pack of that to go. And they did it. <laughs> Amazing. I love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what are you drinking over there? So today I am drinking a Shorts Brew Double Soft Parade. Ooh, double soft parade. That sounds like it might have more alcohol in it. So I can't find it on the bottle. (laughs) So we'll find out if Sam starts slurring your words halfway through the episode. But it's a fruit ale brewed with double the strawberries, double the blueberries, double the raspberries, and double the blackberries. So I will say maybe it doesn't have double the alcohol in it, which is fine because this is already a pretty high abv beard just the soft parade i was gonna say <laughs> yeah but it is much fruitier and i'm here for it it's really good we both went with a fruit salad theme going on today yeah i love it mm. it's very summery now that we're you know a little bit into may you know the f- last frost is upon us 
<laughs> we can put in our gardens in full force soon. Like, this is just an exciting time to be alive. It is. Our drink peep this episode is our friend Ashley Kiernan, and she is at Ashley Kiernan over on the Instagram. But, you know, she also has another Instagram, and it's at Terry Grove, and that's where she does her flower farming thing at. Oh. So I wanted to tell everybody about that, too, because, oh, my gosh, she grows the most beautiful flowers. And oh my gosh, also, she's been a Patreon supporter since we started our Patreon. I'm going to go out on a limb. I think Ashley might have actually been our first drink sponsor. I think that means we have like a ride or die (laughs) Patreon supporter here. So just all the good vibes to Ashley today. Yeah. Cheers, Ashley. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, so we recently talked about selling animals, and I'll do a mini follow-up here and just say that I did drop off two of my weathers. I wanted to say bucklings without balls, but that sounded like not right. (laughs) But basically, that's what they are. So I dropped them off to their new home on Monday after work, and got to see their new digs and they're like living the high life. So that's like every seller's dream is to see their like animals go on to bigger and better things. (laughs) (laughs) And like, I've, I've chatted with the new owners a few times. They just had some follow-up questions, which was, you know, totally fine. And then we're going to drop off the remaining three from last August. We're recording this on a Saturday. So I'm going to take them on a Sunday and it's a little bit of a road trip. But very excited to shift and (laughs) kind of cycle some out, maybe feed a little less hay for a while. Mm -hmm. And then we just had a baby buckling born a couple days ago. And I got two more mamas that are looking like they're going to drop at any time. So I'm hoping they either do it today or they wait until I get back tomorrow (laughs) to do that. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So yeah, just a quick follow up before we dive into... Our topic for today, which is buying farm animals. Yes, because, you know, even if you sell farm animals, like, you've got to buy some sometimes, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, that's how you, like, keep your genetic diversity in your herd of whatever kind of animals it is, you know, that you breed and sell. But also, some of you might just be starting out. Uh, You've got your chickens in your garden, and you're like, maybe I want some goats or a cow or rabbits or anything like that. And all of this will be super useful, no matter what kind of animals it is that you want to buy. But then after we go through all this, we'll talk about the experience that I just went through buying one of the bottle bucklings that I have. All right. So let's dive right in. And first, we're going to start off with where you could possibly buy some farm animals and some pros and cons for each option. Yeah, there's a lot of options out there, actually, for where you can buy. Sometimes you kind of freeze up and you're like, wait, I don't know where to start. There's not like a goat Walmart or anything like that. (laughs) Could you imagine (laughs) if there was like a goat Target? Ooh. And like you just push around your red cart and pick up the baby goats and then maybe swing by the clothing aisle and buy your little goat a tutu or something. Like how fun would that be? That'd be super fun. Target, get on that. Yeah. Because I would buy goats from Target. (laughs) (laughs) 
So one of the places that you can start is by checking for flyers at your local feed store. And I really like this option as a place to start because they're like hyper local. Mm-hmm. It's so convenient. They're close. It's probably somebody local. It's somebody that probably buys their feed at that store also. So like you know that you're going to be able to feed this animal the same thing that they were getting at your their other store. Maybe you can meet a fellow farmer in your area. So like looking at the feed store for flyers of people selling animals is a good place to kind of start if you're comfortable with having that type of human on human interaction. <laughs> yes. Definitely. And that is something that I've always looked at when I go in the feed store and I've been very tempted to tear off a number, but I've, I've refrained from actually, you know, bringing more animals on the farm randomly, (laughs) but it's very tempting. But the kind of con there too, that stops me is that you like, unless it says you can text them, like you have to call them. Uh, and I hate calling people that I don't know. I'm just not really a phone person. So, you know, the the nice thing, though, is that if they posted a flyer, they're expecting calls from strangers. And they might feel a little awkward about it, too. So you can be awkward together while you try to navigate talking about what they have on their farm that they're looking to get rid of. And if you're a good fit for it. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Phone calls. They're like the bane of my existence. Yes. (laughs) Agreed. So another option you have is you can talk to your friends and neighbors. This is something that I've done. And it's kind of how I've gotten to know like some of the other people that do things that are similar to what I do here locally, which is kind of cool Mm -hmm. because, you know, it's convenient. They're probably somebody local, too, that your friends and neighbors are referring you to. And it also takes some of the stranger anxiety out of the equation because, like, this is somebody that knows someone that you know. Yes. So you're like, they must not be a serial killer, right? More than likely, <laughs> no, unless they're just really good at hiding it, you know? Oh, yes, that's true. There could be, like, a Dexter in the neighborhood, I suppose. I was just thinking that. <laughs> Do you know they're bringing that show back, too? What? Yes. I know Bev's not a TV watcher. But But I might turn on the TV for that because I used to watch that show. I watched it all the way to the end. And then during that hurricane, I was just like, what? I invested (laughs) seven years of my life for this? No. (laughs) But he's bad. (laughs) Of course he is. (laughs) Yeah. So the flip side of this is that your friend or neighbor might not really understand what you're looking for in an animal. Like, are you looking for strictly a pet or you want like a registered, really well-bred goat or cow or whatever. And they could unintentionally give you a bad recommendation. But I mean, how many of you have been on Facebook and your well-meaning friend has tagged you in a goat post of like a goat or another animal looking for a new home? And it's just not a fit. Yeah. But they're well, they mean well for both you and the animal. (laughs) So it's kind of like that. So if you're going to do the friends and neighbors route, it might not hurt to be really specific for what you're looking for. Yeah, yeah. And like, just remember, even if you are specific, they just might not get it. (laughs) Yeah, and that's okay, because maybe it's totally fine. They're not into this weird life like you are. (laughs) They're not into goat hoarding. (laughs) Yes, exactly. 
So another place you can look is the auction, but this is my worst nightmare. Why? (laughs) Why is the auction Bev's worst nightmare? I think, so, okay, when I want to buy something, I just want to buy it. And I want to know that I'm going to come home, like, with that thing. And the auction, like, takes away that security for me. Like, I might spend all day there and go home with nothing. And then I'm like, I spent all day at the auction, which might have actually been fun, you know, because there's people and there's animals to look at and stuff like that. So I don't know. I have some friends that are antiquers, and I told them that I need to go to an auction with them so that I'm not so scared of them. But also it's the whole like raising your hands or like accidentally raising your hand. Yes. And like, I don't know, the whole thing, like for somebody that's never been to an auction, like I'm picturing it in my head and I've built it into this like whole big old like terrifying story and I'm just not sure how to get over that. (laughs) Well, I've only really been to one auction as an adult and it was a 4-H auction and I'll tell you, you realize how much you touch your face when you're sitting there (laughs) and it was for small animal and for 4-H, like those kids make a lot of money. So you don't want to accidentally bid on something (laughs) when it's getting close to the end and you're buying like a couple broiler chickens for $500. Right. Yeah. You know, obviously, like that's a very good cause. And we did end up buying some chickens ourselves too. But yeah, I understand that anxiety. And it does, (laughs) you know, you got to almost like put your hands in your pockets and not move them unless you want to make a bid. (laughs) Right? Just, like, sit on your hands. Yes. There you go. (laughs) But, you know, one of the pros of going to the auction is that you could totally get a bargain. Yes. I mean, not the 4-H auction. That's not where you go to get a bargain. No, probably not. (laughs) Not at all. No. (laughs) But, like, the regular livestock auction, you know, and, and, like... Just because they're at the auction doesn't necessarily mean that there's anything wrong with these animals. Mm-hmm. There are all sorts of situations for why animals end up at the auction. So, you know, you don't want to judge, like, too harshly on that. Right. So you could actually end up with a really good quality animal that you're searching for, but pay a lower price because it's at the auction. So, Right. And you might run into an animal that looks perfectly fine at the auction, but then maybe you get it home And it kind of goes downhill Mm -hmm. because like they're not obligated to disclose any issues that that animal might have. So just if you go this route, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. Just know that you might be getting yourself into something that might end up being a little more expensive because you'll have to have a vet come out or take them to the vet and you'll want a place to quarantine them. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's so important. Cannot stress that enough. Yes. Just in case. But I do keep an eye on our auction that's relatively close to our house. And they post, like, what was sold a couple hours after it's done. And it's always interesting to see, like, a mini horse today went for $425. Ooh. Yeah. I don't know if that's a good deal. <laughs> I don't know if it's a good deal or not either. But I was like, wow, that's a pretty that's a pretty penny, though. I think it was a little older when I saw it. And there were, like, heifer calves. Or, no, they are bull calves. They went for, like, $250 each. A pot belly went for $5 each. Like, yeah, so you can maybe get a decent deal. But again, that kind of goes back to what are you looking for and of what caliber you're looking for. Yeah, the auction is probably a great place for like bottled beef calves. Yeah. That seems like a good place for that. And, you know, 
I can't tell you like how many times I've seen on Facebook, like so in those animal Facebook groups, I feel like nobody ever shares good news. It's always bad news. Yes. In the <laughs> in the Facebook livestock groups. But I can count like on both of my hands and beyond how many times I've seen, oh, my friend got this animal at the auction and now there's like weird pus like, you know, coming out of its skin and like all this other stuff. And then they're like, oh, oh my gosh, they actually have, you know, like CL or like yonis or all of the weird like funky diseases that like you really like don't want to end up having on your farm. <laughs> Right. And it's just because they got an animal from a place that they weren't familiar with and they, you know, weren't tested. And then now, like, that thing is that, – that disease is living in their soil for a while. And so, yeah, it's really important to be careful about that. Yes. Now that we've thoroughly scared you about auctions, <laughs> it's – yeah, more than likely it's going to be fine. Like Like you said – nobody talks about the good stuff usually unless they just have really cute babies born and they want to show them off. <laughs> yeah. But the other thing you can do too is Google for farms in your area. You might find some really well-established breeders in your area that have a website. One of the things that that's actually how I got my first goats was kind of Googling. She was like nowhere near close to us though. <laughs> <laughs> and I was okay with that because her website was a little clunky and I had to work really hard not to judge because not all farmers are graphic designers and web developers. Maybe they can't, you know, afford a really swanky looking Squarespace website like we have. Ooh, we're so bougie <laughs> over here. We are bougie. <laughs> you know, and they might be older. That's just not their forte. But the fact that they put the effort in to put together all website and take the time to update it shows that, you know, they are more than likely really legitimate with their breeding business. So it's it's hard not to judge a book by its cover, but don't overlook a, a farm because their website isn't, you know, super fancy. Yeah. I mean, a website is actually pretty great because yes. you can get a lot of really good information off of a website even if it's not the greatest website you can still mm -hmm. find some stuff on there that you really need like one of the things you can look for is like future breeding pairings so that you can put a deposit on a kid that's not born yet or calf or whatever type of animal you're looking for and sometimes they'll share information about their farm practices. So if there's anything specific you're looking for and how the animals that you want to buy are raised, if they do that, they'll probably brag about it on their website, which is mm -hmm. super awesome. You can find animals that are actually available and ready to go to new homes now. Sometimes you can pay a deposit if they can take the deposit through the mm -hmm. website. Or there might be testimonials or reviews available so you can, you know, kind of read a little bit about what other people have experienced with this person and be like, oh, yeah, this is a person I totally want to do business with. Awesome. Yeah, I'll give a good example of one that I've recently come across. And I think it's maybe their website isn't super compatible with the phone, but their farm is called Two Men and a Hen. Oh, I like that. And they have some kind of crazy looking pigs that they raise. And they also have like Highland and High Parks, which is like a black and white looking Highland cow. It's I'm watching their website, waiting for one to become available, which they're <laughs> saying June. But they're very expensive. Very, very, very expensive. So I'm keeping an eye on it. But because they put so much information on their website, 
I was able to get a lot of my questions answered before even talking to them. So I know going in that if I see an animal come up for sale that I like, like I don't have to ask them a whole lot of questions. Like I just need to make contact. And then there is actually a place after you talk to them and confirm that you can go and put your deposit down right away. So it is like really cool and something to keep an eye out for because you can end up like on Google and like maybe you end up in my situation where it's like, oh, look way across the state. <laughs> right. And you have to decide <laughs> if, if that's going to work for you or not. And if you can transport animals that far or if they'll transport. So it's like a whole thing. So just make sure you're setting your Google search parameters appropriately for what you're comfortable doing. Yeah, especially like I end up with, I end up finding people that are in the other Bainbridge that's in Ohio. There's two? Yeah, there's two Bainbridges in Ohio and the other one's like three and a half hours from me. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) It's not confusing at all. No, not confusing at all. I've actually received a gift card as a gift to a restaurant that's in the other Bainbridge. (laughs) I'm glad I didn't put the wrong address in when I came and visited you a while ago. That would have been really weird. (laughs) Oh, that would have been super weird. I mean, it's way closer to you because it's up near Cleveland, but. (laughs) yeah so you definitely gotta like double check that it's actually the google's actually served you a a website from a place that you can actually purchase from (laughs) yes so now we're going to talk about some things that you should look for from sellers if they're things that are important to you you know depending on what kind of animal you want to buy some of these things may not apply so you want to you know check and see if that's something that really matters to you and if it doesn't then you don't have to look for those things but if they do it's good to know these things off the bat like before you put a deposit down or before you travel you know three and a half hours or five hours to buy a goat (laughs) yes one of them is You want to know if they've got a clean tested herd and you want to see those certifications and you want them to be done within the last 12 months. And that's actually like that's a non-negotiable for me. And I buy Mm -hmm. animals on the Internet. That's something that I always do. Yeah, it's funny because my herd has not been tested and I'm over here selling animals, but I would struggle to buy an animal that hasn't been tested because of my anxiety. Right. Yeah. And, you know, having the herd tested isn't that big of a deal. It's not too hard. The hardest part is drawing blood from everyone. Yeah. I'm still looking for a new goat vet that will come and do that. I'm happy to pay someone to do that just because, like, I can and I will learn how to do it eventually. And soon it will be, like, second nature. But I'm just not there yet. And now Mm -hmm. I feel like my animals, like, my animal count has gotten past my comfort level for something I'm practicing at. (laughs) That's totally fair. And sometimes it's better just to, if you can, throw money at it and have somebody that's willing to work with you and train you and show you how they do that. Yeah. So I I do have a really great breeder that's close to me, though, and I might talk to her and see if she and her daughter want to come out and do it. And like they're showing me how to tattoo. They've showed me how to do the dehorning or it's not dehorning. Disbudding. Disbudding. That's what it's called. (laughs) They showed me how to do that. And so it's been really nice to find other people that are willing to to share their knowledge. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Disbudding is something that I just I personally don't think I could ever do. And I do go to my vet for that. But if I had like, you know, 24 bouncing baby goats at one time, that just probably wouldn't be an option. (laughs) 
Um, because that would be very expensive and like a logistical nightmare getting them all there. And like the timing, it'd probably be like multiple vet visits. So yeah, it kind of depends on your situation if you can just throw money at it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) So you also want to know, or you also want to get photos of the animals that Mm. you're interested Mm -hmm. in like they don't have to be instagram worthy photos that's something that i've struggled with like i've gotten photos from breeders and like you sent me that to sell your animal (laughs) 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 like it's just not a good photo but it does show the things that are really important like you want to look like are they healthy that's the first thing you want to look at you know do they look clean do they look like they have any discharge coming from their nose or their ears or their eyes or their rear ends (laughs) you know (laughs) do their surroundings look sanitary enough like it's a farm so there probably should be some poop in the photo but you know does it look overcrowded or you know like dingy or wet or yucky you know things like that because those types of situations could end up giving you an unhealthy animal so that's why you want to be worried about like where they're coming from so try not to be too judgmental and you ask for more photos if you don't think that the photos they sent you know accurately show the animals but some photos are good (laughs) and one of the things that I liked doing when I was trying to sell my animals was because some of them just don't want to stand still for a picture I mean they're goats they're all over the place you can take a video so you can maybe even ask for pictures and or videos if you're like texting back and forth like video via email might be a little tricky for some people But that's another thing you can ask for, too. That's a really good idea. I did not think of video. Something else you want to look out for is, is the seller helpful in answering your questions? Ooh, good one. Because... So some people just aren't people people, and that's okay. But depending on where you're at in your raising animal journey, like you want to be comfortable enough to message this person if you're having a problem. (laughs) Because... They're a breeder, so they might know how to help you solve it faster so that, you know, like an an animal doesn't suffer unnecessarily. Like say they've started coming down with a runny nose or they're getting diarrhea or something. You know, you can text your breeder really quick and be like, hey, I just want to let you know that this is happening. And I was wondering if you had any advice for how I could take care of it. Or you can say like, this is how I was thinking of taking care of it. Do you think that that's a good idea? But if this person isn't very helpful or personable, you might not be able to do that. So you have to decide if that's a person that you want to buy an animal from if you're comfortable with that. Yeah, that's a tricky one because I would say that even buying animals can be a bit of an emotional experiment, experience, not experiment. (laughs) So yeah, you might be a little let down. So if you want an animal bad enough and maybe they're not super personable, yeah, that, that could complicate things just a smidge. It could. And, you know, like, try not to judge people too harshly that we're not about that. But you do want to feel comfortable buying from this person. So, yes. Yeah. Something else you want to look into is or something else you want to think about is do they seem like they're knowledgeable enough on what you're looking to buy? Because their knowledge level needs to be at a level that you're comfortable with to make sure that you're getting, you know, what you're hoping to purchase. (laughs) Yes, I totally agree because you don't necessarily want to be in a situation. And and maybe it's okay that you're buying it from somebody that had no freaking clue what they were doing. And you're going to end up with kind of a little bit of a ratchet animal in your possession. Uh, (laughs) So there's that too. It's kind of like you're almost like, 
politely sizing each other up in that buy-sell transaction. Well, and, you know, like, depending on what kind of animal you're trying to buy, like, so say you're buying a goat, but you want, like, a breeding quality herd sire buck, Mm -hmm. that you probably don't want to buy that from someone who's offloading their grandparents herd, you know, because they can't take care of them anymore. Right. (laughs) You know, like that person probably has no idea what the quality of the animals are if they didn't live there and, you know, help there at least more often or at least, you know, like grow up there on the goat farm. Like they might just be a, a, you know, kid that came in to help their parents out and they're like, yeah, I don't know. It's it's yeah. a goat and it has balls. So <laughs> <laughs> and it yells. And it yells. Yeah. He's on its face a little bit. Yeah. Seems to be interested enough in the ladies, so it'll get the job done. <laughs> <laughs> and you want to pay attention to whether or not they're forthright with the information an animal of the caliber that they're selling should come with. And I know that that sounded like a little bit confusing, but if you're looking for a registered animal, when you're asking them questions, like they should be able to answer immediately, like if they're registerable and what organizations they're registerable mm. with. They should share right up front their parents' registration IDs so that you can check the pedigree of that animal. If it's a milk animal that you're looking at, you want to see photos of the dam's udder and the sire's dam's udder, and they should offer those to you. You shouldn't necessarily have to dig them out of them. And if it's a breeding animal, you want confirmation that they have the correct number of teats and or testicles. <laughs> yeah, that's super important. And actually, Calf Vet on Instagram just did a post about getting your bulls, like doing like a breeding evaluation before breeding season to make sure your bulls can get that job done. So you're not super disappointed when you do preg checks in the fall because that could you know that costs money like if your animal can't get the job done or is going to struggle feeding its kids that's going to cost you time and money so yeah that's super important yeah and you know I didn't think to check for so when I picked up one of the bottle bucklings she called it two and two she picked him up and like exposed his belly to me and was like here you want to check for two and two and I was like I don't know what that means (laughs) And she was like, oh, two teats, two testicles. And she pointed them out. And then she showed me how to feel and make sure that there were two testicles in there. And she's like, it's really easy peasy. It's not long. But anytime you're buying a buckling for that, those are the things that you want to look for. I was like, oh, good to know. Thank you for, you know, giving me that knowledge. I appreciate it. (laughs) You know, it's funny. I think that's one of my favorite parts of selling so far is the people that uh, want to learn something new. And imparting that knowledge kind of as part of the transaction. Mm-hmm. It's kind of fun, especially if they are newer because they're so excited and just want to learn everything. Oh, I love that. And, you know, I'm really looking forward to that part when I get to sell some animals. Now, I'm not going to get to sell animals until next spring now, probably. But that's okay. But, like, I'm already thinking in my head of, like, all the ways I want to be there to help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And a lot of that is payback for all of the help that I've received so kindly from people. Like, because I've run into so many people that were willing like that. Like, yeah, I'm going to be the person that when you buy a goat from me, you can send me a picture of goat poop at 11 p.m. and ask me if they're going to live through the night. Like, I'm okay with that (laughs) because I've been there. I know what that's like. (laughs) Yes. And the last thing that we want to tell you about is you want to beware 
of requests for a deposit that don't protect the buyer. So like if a seller on Facebook or the internet is like, yeah, sure, you can have this animal, but you need to PayPal me friends and family $250 in order to hold it or like Venmo or something like that. It's like, oh, no, thank you. (laughs) Because there's a lot of scams out there right now. I think deposits are really important. And I think that they're a part of the transaction, depending on how expensive the animal it is, what kind of animal it is, and like, you know, what you're purchasing. Because you want like, sellers want to protect their time so they don't want like a bunch of people that aren't really serious about it you know saying mm-hmm. they're going to come pick the animal up and then never show up but those deposits should be able to be paid in a way that doesn't put you the buyer at risk of losing out on 250 or 500 dollars or whatever it is even if you have to pay the transaction fee yourself I think that that's worthwhile. And in fact, I recently did that and I mentioned it in the last episode. They did offer friends and family as a way to save the fee, but I paid the eight bucks to have the protection. So I was like, I don't want to lose out on $250 if this ends up not being legit, you know? So you do have to be thinking about protecting yourself and how you can do that. But it is common practice for sellers to request deposits on certain types of animals. So don't be too put off by that, but it's it's hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And deposits should be about 50% of the price of the animal if they want a deposit. So you shouldn't have to pay for a whole animal up front, sight unseen. I don't think that that's super common. I haven't run into that yet. No. Yeah, I usually see there are 25 or 50% when people are asking. And the other thing you can look for, too, is like if, if it's a short distance and if they're willing to do a farm visit... You can ask to see the animal in person before you get a deposit. That might not always be an option because the the seller is allowed to have boundaries too. <laughs> and they don't want like 50 people showing up to their farm and then not putting down a deposit. So I totally get it. But that's another option too. And that's actually what one of our buyers did was they came, they brought 50% and that was exchanged. And then I had held the animals for another week while they were finishing up setting everything up for them. Oh, that was a really good way to do it. That was smart. Yeah. Yeah, it worked out great for both of us because I got to like spend some time saying goodbye. (laughs) Yeah. And ensuring that they had the proper setup, at least the bare minimum before they got there. (laughs) Check out the Drink and Farm Merch Shop. We keep the shop up to date with new and fresh items. And while you're there, be sure to check out the shirt of the month. Go to drinkandfarm.com slash shop and maybe snag a few items you've been eyeing for a while now. Shopping with us is an excellent way to support the podcast and get something new for yourself at the same time. Okay, so I just bought some baby bottle bucklings, so I thought it would be fun to tell everybody how that went. Yay, and they're so stinking cute. Oh, they are. They're adorable. I have very high hopes for these little bucklings. Yeah, as you should. They're going to throw some amazing kids with big, fat udders. (laughs) (laughs) Big, fat udders. Yes. It's like fat bottom girls, like the Queen song, but (laughs) big, fat udders for goats. Okay, I'll stop. (laughs) (laughs) I like that, though. I think that's funny. You know, so one of the ways that I got one of the bucklings, and that's the one that I named Huckleberry Dandy. He's the little black, white, and graham cracker colored buckling. I got him from the breeder that I was taking my goats to to be bred. So that was a really easy transaction. Like I just texted her and I was like, hey, I really like that buck Justin that you have. And I would really like one of his bucks this year. And she was 
like, all right, when he has his kids, I'll watch out for a good one for you and I'll hold it back. And it was easy. Like, I didn't have to give her a deposit. I'm at her farm, like, all the time anyway. So she just told me when he was ready. I Venmoed her when I got there and took him home. (laughs) Nice. Easiest transaction ever. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I knew when he was coming because I got the message that he had been born. And I had about a week to find a friend for him. And I was like, oh, my God, I have to find another goat. How am I going to do this? (laughs) Because, like, I thought about just buying another one from her and having it be a weather. But I was like, I have enough weathers. I don't need any more of those. And I could have got a doling from her, too. But, you know, I'm also trying to I'm trying to, like, build my herd properly. So it can't be taking my goats there to breed and then buying all of her goats. <laughs> Like, I just have another one of her herds over here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> so I thought, I need to get out of my comfort level, and I need to figure out how to buy a goat, like, the right way or another way. I don't know that there's a wrong way, but so far, I've just been sticking within my comfort zone to buy goats. So I was like, I got to, like, branch out here. So the first place that I looked was on Facebook because lots of people are selling goats on Facebook, even though it's supposedly you're not supposed to sell animals. I don't know. Right. No, you're not supposed to. So, like, you have to be really stealthy about the language you're using. Some Facebook livestock groups have rules about what you can and can't say. And most of the time, negotiation of price happens in private messages. Now, do I think Facebook is reading my messages? Absolutely. Yes. They totally are. (laughs) But we're communicating one-on-one at that point. It doesn't necessarily mean that the sale is being facilitated by Facebook. Oh, okay. So that takes the blame off of them or the responsibility off of them. I think so. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm sure you could probably still get shut down for doing that, but YOLO, as (laughs) the kids used to say. I don't know if they still say that, but... <laughs> so inside those like buy sell trade groups for the types of animals that you're looking for, there will be lots of in search of posts. So that was what I did. I went to some very specific like Ohio Nigerian dwarf goat buy sell trade groups. I found posts that people have been like, I'm searching for a buck. And I went through all of those responses to oh. their in search of posts because I didn't want to have to field the 75 responses to my posts. Because uh-huh. <laughs> I knew most of them were not going to fit what I was looking for, even though I was going to be super specific. Because I, I could see people were like, in search of, you know, Nigerian dwarf breeding buck, looking for these types of lines, you know, registerable with this agency. And someone would comment and be like, grass eater, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> here's my weed eater. And I'm like, no, that's not what the person asked for. Like, why would you do that? <laughs> I don't I don't understand why you would waste your time on that. But anyways, I digress. I went through those comments and I sent direct messages to the people who met the kinds of criteria standards that I was looking for for a buckling. Um, one of those people was actually super helpful to me, which I like, really appreciated. But then she told me a story about how the dam's registration paperwork wasn't in yet. So she didn't have an ID number on her. And I was like, nope. I'm not messing around with that. Like, that's just, that's not my problem, (laughs) number one. (laughs) Right. And I need this buck to be registerable. I can't get him here, raise him, and then find out that I can't register him because his dam's paperwork never went through. Right. And you were on a timetable, too, for needing a friend. So you couldn't wait around for it to show up. 
Yeah. No. And also, like, I kind of, like, thought about it. And, like, I just registered Zen and Spirit with ADGA. And my paperwork arrived within a week. So it was, like. Wow. Yeah, this damn was pregnant for five months. And you didn't send the paperwork in. Like, I mean, I get it. People are busy. And that's fine. Yeah. But that's not. I didn't need to make that my problem. (laughs) It just wasn't for you in that moment. It was not. It was not for me in that moment. Maybe in a different moment in my life, it would have been okay. But for me, it wasn't. So I did not take that buckling. And the other person that I DM'd didn't respond to me, which was fine. They probably sold it. And, you know, that's okay. That makes sense. I would rather be ignored than, you know, have to do a bunch of back and forth. You know? Yeah. Exactly. So it was totally fine. But after reading like all of those posts, I only DM'd like two people. So I was being really picky. Oh. <laughs> but from Facebook, I was able to find some sellers that had like legitimate websites. And because these were all Ohio goat groups, I could find the ones that were within areas that were far or like close enough that I was willing to drive to. So rather than bother them because I saw that they were big, you know, breeders. I went to their websites first to see what they showed available. Oh, smart. And a couple of them, like, so I emailed one person because there was a buckling that I really wanted. That person didn't ever respond to me. Some people, by the time I messaged them, they didn't have, you know, that buckling anymore. They didn't have any more coming. So that was fine. And one person had the buckling I needed was super helpful and I bought the tan buckling that I have from her. So I was really, really excited about that. So in our last episode, we talked about the anxiety that sellers have. And here are some of the ways that you as a buyer can alleviate some of that anxiety. And I feel like I kind of used these uh, methods when I was buying the tan buckling So I thought that they would be helpful uh, for other people that are looking to purchase some animals. And one of those is to ask good questions because you want to show the person that you're buying an animal from that you know something about the care of the animals that you're purchasing. So definitely, I think I mentioned this in the buying or in the selling animals episode from the seller's perspective. It's a little worrisome if you're just the only question you're asking is how much the animal is. I really appreciated when one of the sellers asked like what we were feeding them because he wanted to do the same thing. Um, And I appreciated too that he was asking just other general questions too. Like how much hay do these two need so I make sure I have enough and don't run out. (laughs) So things like that go a long way. And it's going to create a bond between buyer and seller too. That I think if you're trying to brand yourself and your farm and what you're doing, creating those customer relationships mean they're more than likely to come back to you later So don't be put off if, (laughs) well, you know, I shouldn't say that. You might have a buyer or a seller that is put off by the amount of questions that you're asking, but maybe that just means that you don't go back there again. Because as the buyer, you need your needs met just like a seller needs their needs, needs met. If that makes sense. Yeah. So don't be shy about passing if, you know you're asking good questions and they're like not responding to you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
And something else you can do too is send them pictures of your setup. And I actually did this because Sam told me one of her buyers did this. (laughs) (laughs) They did. And I didn't even solicit and ask. And it just, because that was the first person that I officially like was like, yep, you're going to get my goats too. Um, It made me feel so much better seeing that. So if you're sensing a little hesitancy, that might be a good like olive branch to say, hey, I'm not a serial killer. Hey, I'm not going to treat your animals poorly. Like look at the setup that I have for them. So that might be a good way to help build that relationship. Yeah, and I did it because I really needed the tan buckling to get here because I already had Huckleberry. So Huckleberry was here, and I'd been bottle feeding him for three days, and there was a cold snap, a four-day cold snap on the horizon. And I had all the heaters. I had the sweeter heaters all set up. He had his little house inside the barn stall, so he was comfortable and cozy. But I thought that especially – during the night when the temps dropped really low, I thought that he would fare better with a friend to snuggle with. And I don't think that I was wrong about that. But so that was one of the reasons why I'd gotten a buckling. So when I had originally put down the deposit and like asked for him and stuff, I told her like when I needed him by and we had already gone like a few days past that. Mm-hmm. So then I asked if I could schedule when I could schedule to pick him up. And she was like, oh, how about after this cold snap is over? And I was like, here's the thing. (laughs) And I told her that whole spiel. And then I sent pictures of Huckleberry in his corner with his sweeter heater set up in his house and all of that. I was like, so I am set up to care for them in the cold, but I would feel more comfortable having him, you know, having them together in the cold rather Mm -hmm. than just having him by himself. Because if I had known that I wasn't going to get the other one for another week, I might have asked the breeder to hold on to him too through the cold snap. And then I would have just waited a week to get my goats, which, you know, nobody likes to be patient like that. But sometimes you got to (laughs) be because you want to buy your your animals when it's the best time for those animals. But, you know, when a breeder is or a seller is hesitating to sell to you at a certain point, sometimes – you just need to alleviate their worries. And in this case, her worry was that I wasn't set up properly to take care of him through the cold weather. And so I sent her pictures to show her that I was. She didn't come out and say that. So she's very kind. But I I sensed it, I think. Yeah. And the other thing, too, is you'll want to be really honest about your availability on when and how you can pick up the animals or... I always feel a little awkward about this. Like when we got our cow, I felt a little awkward asking Sarah if she could bring it here because I felt like that was more of a burden, but it actually worked out because she ended up, we ended up filling her trailer full of hay for her cows because we had a ton of it in our, in our barn from our neighbor, which helped him too. So don't be afraid and don't delay saying, hey, do you transport if you don't have the means to pick up the animal? Because you don't want to have a very lengthy conversation <laughs> about this animal if you need them to transport and they're just not available to do that. So that might be one of your first questions or first things that you let them know is, you know, hey, I'm really interested in your animal, but I won't be ready for two weeks. Is that okay? Just to make sure you're not inconveniencing the person selling the animal too much. <laughs> yeah, because they may have parameters on when it has to be gone by because of something coming yes. up. So, yes, exactly. Yeah. 
When everyone's on the same page, I feel like it's just a more kumbaya transaction. Yes. <laughs> I agree. So that's it. That's all we had for buying animals. Yeah. We hope that was helpful for you all. If you guys and gals, I shouldn't just say guys, if you guys and gals have advice that we didn't share today on buying animals that has worked well for you feel free to drop that in our facebook group at we drink and we farm things you'll just answer a few questions if you're not already in the group to be admitted in that group is over 500 strong now and we have a really great time in there and don't worry if somebody's mean we tend to kick them out after a good warning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't put up with that. But most people, like, we've only had a few problems with that. It's very kumbaya in there, and I appreciate that. I like it. Yes. So now it's time for We Can't Even Corner. Woohoo! Yay! So, Bev, what can't you even about this week? Okay, so one of the bucklings has actually been just a little sick. He's got some diarrhea that I find extremely concerning. But thankfully, I have a semi-vet relationship. She's not actually a goat vet, but she has goats and is a vet. There you go. (laughs) So she volunteered to fill in until I find an actual goat vet. She called in a prescription for medication for him into my local people pharmacy. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. I didn't know that that was a thing or even an option, but uh, it saved me a drive to Chillicothe, which I so appreciated while I had a sick goat, you know, so I could get him his meds like as soon as possible, which made my heart feel better, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) But also it was really fun to just like go in there. It's it's my local pharmacist, like in my town of 900 people. And he was just like, hey, I got a a prescription here for Goat Ross. (laughs) (laughs) Goat Ross. Oh my god! I love yeah. it. Uh, it was that's awesome. So, funny. so that's so. Just in case anybody else didn't know that that was an option, it might be for your vet. Like I'm not making any promises, but I didn't yeah. know that that was a possibility. So, oh, that's too funny. So, what is your can't even this week? So, I found an article on USA Today titled Cow and Alligator Temporarily Stop Houston Traffic in Separate Instance. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So in Houston on the same day, there was a cow that ended up on the highway and then they managed to wrangle the cow back to safety. And then a few hours later, there was an alligator That showed up as well. So I feel like that is a pretty good representation of how 2021's going so far. Just that you you really need to expect the unexpected. (laughs) And just (laughs) stay vigilant. (laughs) Especially when you're in Texas on a highway. But (laughs) I mean, you think you're getting a cow and then it's really an alligator this time. It's a gator. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I just thought that was one of the weirdest headlines I've seen in a long time. So I had to share it. We'll link to the whole article in the show notes. But it's pretty much just that. Oh, my gosh. There was a cow and then there was a gator and nobody was hurt. It's a miracle. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So make sure you send us your can't evens. You can drop those in the Facebook group and hashtag them can't even. You can also send them via Facebook Messenger, Instagram, or email them to us at drinkandfarm at gmail.com. We like to read those on our mini-sodes. 
to share with the masses. And be sure and leave us a review. We read our favorite Apple Podcast review of the week. And when we read your review, you get entered into a drawing to win an exclusive coffee mug that is not and will never be in the shop. Right. So we do have a review this week. I feel like I've read the last few. So do you want to read this one, Beth? Sure. I will read this one. Okay. So this one is titled Farming with Friends. And they said, hello, Bev and Sam. It has been such a wonderful boon to find your podcast. I feel like I have friends and mentors in the farming community thanks to your welcoming and knowledgeable voices. Two years ago, I followed my dream and moved out of the city and into the country to start my little homestead. And needless to say, I don't always know what I'm doing, and my city-dwelling friends often don't have the most sound advice. So it's refreshing to have you as a resource for when I make mistakes. As you always say, the important thing is to learn from your mistakes, and your podcast has helped me press on during the difficult times. Thank you for the community you've created. You've made me a more confident homesteader, and your podcast always brings me joy. And that's from Jill at Bird's Eye Homestead. I like it. Yeah, that was so sweet. Thank you so much for leaving us that review. And we accidentally missed announcing the winner of April's review drawing. And that will be Carly Ernst from Liberty Chick Farms. Oh, congratulations. Yay. So reach out to us either on Instagram or Facebook with your address so we can send you your exclusive coffee mug. Cheers. Cheers. All right. So just a few housekeeping items to wrap up. If you're listening to this right now and you haven't already, make sure you hit the subscribe button and download the episode when you listen. This helps more people like you find our podcast. And please share this episode over on Instagram in your stories and tag us. We are at Drink and Farm. We'll send you a promo code just for that episode that'll give you a percentage off in our merch shop. And make sure you take a look at today's show notes to find links to any articles we discussed, a survey that tells us how we're doing anonymously, all of our social media goodness, and our merch shop. So that's it, guys. That's it. We hope you learned some things today. Yes, we hope we made your life a little easier when you're buying animals. Yeah, less stressful. Mm-hmm. You know, it sounds super simple to just go out and buy an animal. And it probably is a little too dangerously easy sometimes. But we hope your decisions are a little more informed the next time you do so. <laughs> it's not like buying a can of beans like at the grocery store. <laughs> no, it's a little more complex, <laughs> but maybe just a little. <laughs> so until next time. Drink farm and give zero clucks bye guys bye we drink things we farm things we drink and farm things